0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn.
1: And I'm Aaron McMahon.
0: Michigan dominated its season opener against Western Michigan on Saturday, and we're here to break it down from the quarterbacks, plural, to the new look defense and more. It's all discussed on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, Aaron, good to be with you for you know a unique Sunday night recording here. Uh, hopefully our listeners are, are getting in this sometime uh, Monday morning. Um Ryan couldn't be with us tonight, but he'll he'll be he'll be back on the podcast in, in no time. Uh, let's let's not skip over. Kind of, there was so much that went right for Michigan on Saturday. Um, pretty much everything, uh, except except one thing that was that went really poorly, um, and that is losing wide receiver Ronnie Bell to injury. Like, where do things stand? Uh, if there's no update from Saturday, that's fine. What was what was the update that we learned on Saturday?
1: Yeah, as of as we recorded Sunday night, no update. But we, all we know at this point is Ronnie Bell is set to receive an MRI on so Saturday night. I anticipate or suspect Michigan has an idea of what's going on at this point this Sunday evening. I've tried to, to reach out to some folks who may have some MC- that info And I haven't gotten a response back yet, but, uh, you know, given the way they handled this last night and Jim Harbaugh's comments, I, I think they're preparing for the worst. I think they suspect it could be a torn ACL or something serious. that's probably gonna leave, leave him out for a while. Um, but again, nothing, nothing's, uh, concrete yet. Um, I suspect we'll get, we'll hear something official Monday morning, especially if it's a long-term injury. It tends, as we've discussed in the past with, with Jim Harbaugh, he's, he has no issue disclosing long-term injuries to the players. But if, if it's a week-to-week or, or short-term thing, um, you know, he, he won't say much. But either way, we should glean some info Monday morning. Uh, keep checking back to live.com. I'm sure we'll have an update once once we hear.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, on in podcasts or, you know, if they're, if they're calling the game on TV, you know, often say, I don't want to speculate, but – and then they speculate. So I'm not going to even say that first phrase. I'll just get right into it and say, like, all the markers were there, unfortunately, for – yeah, a serious kind of season-ending type of injury from, yeah, how he went down to then getting off the field and eventually a cart and, and the emotions that, you know, you could see. I, I did put my binoculars on and kind of follow him through the tunnel. And it was, it's just, it's just such a, a tough blow poten- potentially for for Michigan here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth talking about what, what he, you know, we expected him to bring this season and what he showed in, in a brief moments on Saturday, which was, uh, a couple highlight plays: one, a one-handed snag uh, near the sideline to stay in bounds and catch. He caught that ball like it was it was a tennis ball or something. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, wiped away by a, uh, in in my opinion, a sort of a bogus off uh, offensive pass interference call. Um, and then a seventy-six yard, I think it was, touchdown. Where yeah, you know, long long pass in the air, and then uh, you know the d- defender falls at his feet as he. Um, makes the catch and, 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 you know, coasts into the end zone. Um, And then the big punt return. I mean, that was, that was a pretty, that was a, a solid return as well Um, that he, that he got hurt on. So, um, you know, this is, this would be a big loss for Michigan's offense.
1: No doubt. I mean, he was their leading pass catcher coming back, leading receiver, most experienced guy, catching footballs. Um, Any, any way you describe it, he he's, you know, he was a cat, another he's named captain this year. Uh, so there, there's a lot going on there. You know, he, he he was their heartbeat in a way in offense. I mean, he's a guy who you know, we've talked to all in the past. We're lowly recruited um, from a football perspective. Jim Harbaugh decided to take a chance on him, and he's only he's only you know gotten better when, you know since he's been here at Michigan. You know he's turned into an All Big Ten caliber receiver. Um, you know we saw what he could do Saturday in, in the few plays in the plays he did make. Um, you know and we expect I think more of that this year. It would be a blow. I mean, M- M- Michigan's you know not very deep at the receiver position as it is. Um, they do have some weapons there that they can obviously turn to, but there's really no one with the experience and talent level that Ronnie, Ronnie had, you know, he was an inside slot receiver that Michigan could turn to time and again for a, for a big catch or, a, you know, a a big play. Uh, and, you know, if he's out for a lengthy period of time, they're going to find, turn to someone else for that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a big blow. It will be a big blow. Um, you know, and, and not, not only on, on the field, as I said, but mentally, I mean, he was a captain that you could tell when he was being carted off the field at Michigan stadium, the, the emotion on the sidelines from the players and the fans, and, uh, it's, it's just not something you want to see for a, for a player, his caliber happen.
0: Yeah. And you, you know, you could say, why was he returning punts? And I mean, it was somewhat of a surprise, uh, but you know, to me, first of all, it, it signals that they just didn't have a, another, uh, person they felt comfortable uh, catching the ball, making the right decisions on when, when not to catch the ball, because there's other guys that have similar skill sets that you'd think, all right, they're not our top wide receiver. Also, we'd rather, rather go with one of them. Um, But, but the second part of that is just, it's football. I mean, it's, it's a very dangerous, violent game where, you know, uh, you can't, if he doesn't get hurt there, maybe it's a, it's a different time. I, I just, there's no way to protect these guys once the game starts. So.
1: No, and if you go back and look at that play, it was a freak accident. I mean, it was the end of a punt return. He was kind of mm-hmm. clipped by – looked like a player on his own team and another player kind of got pushed into him. It was just one of those freak things that, you know, could happen at any time and any moment. You never really know when it's going to happen. You know, if they, if they you know, um, roll over on him in a, at a different angle or from a different side, he's probably fine. Uh, so it's it's an unfortunate situation. You feel for Ronnie. You feel for the team uh, just because of, you know, what they're losing – um, but as Jim Harbaugh probably will be probably will say Monday and uh, other players will say, you know, we got to, you know, you know, next man up, you got to figure it out because they do have a game next Saturday uh, and they got a rest of the season to play rest of the season to play. Right. Um,
0: but Like we said, everything else went very well for Michigan in the opener. 47 to 14 win. Uh, they come down the field on the very first drive. 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Uh, Western Michigan answers with a touchdown. And then Michigan just rolled from there. Uh, Western didn't you know score again until their, their what turned out to be their final drive of the game. Um, so yeah there was there was really just so much went, went right. I, let's just start with the the quarterbacks. Uh, Cade McNamara started um, I thought he was very good. I mean nine for 11, 136 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know protected the ball, uh, you know got it, got it into the hands of his playmakers made it made good decisions. Um yeah I mean you you've since you know rewatched the game like what stood out from from Cade's play
1: Well he was, he was just efficient he didn't make too many mistakes you know not, I think you said 9 of 11 136 and the only two incomplete passes were tipped at the line of scrimmage so he was he was making the right plays finding the open guys making the right passes and for uh, you know a, a relatively new inexperienced quarterback that's all you can really ask for um, you know, he played well, uh, he did what was asked of him. He was kind of that point guard distributing the football to, you know, their playmakers. Like they've said, you know, Blake Corm got a lot of touches. He put in the hands he got, he got the ball in the hands of Hassan Haskins. He, he made the plays he needed to. And, um, that's the co- type of quarterback Jim Harbaugh wants at this point. You know, they're not trying, they don't want the quarterback to win the football game. They just want to put the offense in a position to succeed. And it, it almost seems like ever since Cades come in as a starting quarterback, Michigan's offense has been able to move down the field. They've been efficient, productive. They, Like you said, first drive, they score a touchdown. Um, second drive, they end up with a field goal, but they're still able to score. It just seems like this offense is a different type of team with, with him at quarterback, especially when you compare to what the, what we saw last year. Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy came in later in the game. I, I think there's some good things to glean from his outing. Um, but McNamara, I, I think, picked up very much where he left off last year. And if you're Michigan, if you're Jim Harbaugh on the coaching staff, uh, you gotta be pretty happy.
0: Um, and yeah, I mean, absolutely about being just uh, efficient and, and doing what's asked, but I don't want to, you know, give listeners the impression that, you know, it was just thinking and dumping out there either. I mean, there, there were some, some shots down the field, uh, you know, kind of the two aforementioned, uh, Ronnie Bell plays stand out. I mean, the, uh, Th- those were those were thrown a good distance you know down down the field uh so it wasn't just you know screen passes and then you know short short passes over the middle so uh yeah i thought he was i thought he was he was very good um and then as you mentioned he, Jade,
1: yeah he can make all the throws you know if you yep. go back and watch his high school tape he put up big numbers you know in, in high school and then obviously the part of what the offense they ran there, but he, he's able to throw the football down, down the field and, ma- and complete those deep passes. He did a little bit last year. I can recall late in that Wisconsin game. It was a blowout, obviously, but he was making you know, those deep throws and completing them on, on the run and creating things um, out of the pocket. Uh, he is the, I think the prototypical Jim Harbaugh quarterback, he may not be very tall. He may not be like the speediest guy in the world, but dang it. He, he can make a, th- he can make a play. He can mm-hmm. make, turn something out of nothing into something and if you're Michigan with the playmakers around him, they, they keep talking about it and running back and receiver. Uh, that's that's all you can ask for.
0: Um, and then, yeah, J.J. McCarthy then uh, comes into the game. Uh, I'm trying to find it. I have it written down here somewhere when exactly he came in. Um,
1: it, was it was midway through the third. It was like seven minutes in, I want to say. Yeah, uh, it was.
0: Yes. Okay. So, I mean, the bottom line is it was – that's that's a little it was a little earlier than maybe you would have thought given uh, given the uh score. Yeah, I've got five 545 to go in the in the third. Uh, it looks like is his, his first his first drive. Um, like like the game was the game was good. like Michigan's up 33 to 7 at that point. but you know, it's the first game McNamara doesn't have like a a ton of reps yet. You'd kind of think, Maybe he'd stay out there a little longer. Like, my first thought is uh, something we've talked about on this podcast before. Like, you've got a five star prospect, you don't want him to just sit on the bench. You kind of got to worry about, you know, where his head's at and and transferring. You got to think about these things down the line. Like, I wonder if that factored into when he got in the
1: game. That, that's a good question. And it's something I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be asked, at, at you know, this week, because he was keep in mind, he was asked last week before the game, what his plan was for JJ McCarthy. And he was real coy about it. He wouldn't say whether he's going to play. Like his, his words were, you'll wait and see, or you'll see. Um, but I, I have to think there was, there was, um, you know, a plan going in to get JJ into the game, assuming Michigan was ahead and winning the game. Um, I don't know if there's a you know threshold where they got to you know x amount of points you know mm-hmm. ahead and they decided to throw him in. But you're right. I thought it was a little a tad early, um, because it, look, we've we've seen Jim. He hasn't been afraid to throw in backups and third string uh, quarterbacks late in games when Michigan's ahead. You know in the past he's done it before. Um, you know, it, it, but typically it's you know early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter, but with the the way the college game has changed and quarterbacks transferring especially at Michigan Jim Cena's share of guys leaving um, he probably feels like he should probably get in some of those guys you know you know further down the depth chart perhaps earlier in games at least when you're you're ahead you know you know Michigan had a comfortable 26 point lead i don't think that was certainly near blowout status but it was it was comfortable enough for him to feel like he could throw you know jj into the game now keep in mind when J- Jim has been asked about the quarterback competition in the last few weeks, he's obviously said that K. McNamara was number one in the leader, but he, he made it sound like J.J. wasn't far behind. So if, if what we're seeing from Kading in these games, you know, in his success, and he's been productive and efficient, you have to think J- J.J. probably isn't going to be far behind. Now, he obviously hasn't played much at the college level, so he still got to his feet wet. But if you're Jim, you're probably thinking there's really no better time to get him into this game with you got a 26-point lead. keep at least early on when JJ got in the game they, they kept the first string offensive line in there so they were the block and protect for him mm-hmm. um so he had you know he had, he had some folks you know he he, he had he had the defense he had, he, you know he had the defense there so i i don't know it was an interesting move i i suspect we may see more of it down the line um especially in the games against like northern illinois for instance i think get had a big lead there but as the season goes on the 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 playing time the rep split up between Cade and JJ I think are going to be really fascinating to watch and how that how that turns out because look I don't think anyone doubts the ceiling is probably higher with JJ he's that five star guy coming in everyone raves about his arm we saw his arm and that ridiculous throw he had across the field Yep. Um, I don't think Cade could pull it off but I don't think you know Cade played well enough and he has played well enough to earn this job and I, I think if you're if you're Jim you're rolling with Cade for now and while you're slowly bringing along you know the younger JJ
0: yeah, I think it can be the best of both worlds as long as like, you know, you're it, they're clear with Mcnamara. You're the starter. Like nothing, you you did fine. Nothing to, that that anyone else who comes in can do is going to just take the job from you. Like as long as you're you're doing what we're asking you to do, um, you know, these are just just reps for for someone else. And I mean, I'll say this: like I, I saw JJ McCarthy, um, you know, after the game, just I I happened to you know the way I was where, where I was, and uh, he's you know. Uh, before getting back onto team bus, he's going down the line with, with fans shaking all the you know, dapping them up selfies, autographs, huge smile on his face. I know part of this is just his personality, but like, is he doing that? Are the fans as interested if they didn't get to see him in the game doing what he did? Like he can come out of that game feeling really good about himself. Um, And yeah, it's a team sport, but you know, you want to feel like you contributed to it in some way. And, you know, that, that certainly is what happened with, with, you know, McCarthy in this game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, confidence is key, especially at the quarterback position where you're touching the ball all the time and you're counting on to make these plays and the like, and, you know, you, you see what happens when, when confidence takes a hit, whether you look at Shea Patterson, the end of his career at Michigan, or, you know, Joe, Joe Milton la- la- as you know, last season kind of wore on, uh, confidence is a big thing in the quarterback position. So if you can get, get some of that early and often, uh, it, it should help, you know, help JJ. You no, know, I don't think his outing on Saturday was sparkling. There were some issues there with some throws and, and, and the like it's decision-making, but, um, you, you gotta like the ceiling and the skills of this kid and the arm. I mean, he's, he's, he's clearly got a stronger arm than Kate, I think. Um, but if he can harness that a little bit and play smarter and just get a few more games under his belt. Uh, who knows what, what the potential is for him. Um,
0: before we move on to defense, what, you know, what else stood out from you from, from the offensive side? Cause you know, you had great, you know, 335 yards on the ground, you know, a couple of guys kind of splitting the bulk of the carries, but you know, some wide receivers took some, some end arounds, reverses, whatever you want to call them uh, for, for big plays. Um, yeah. The ball got spread around in the air too. Like, you know, there was, there was, it really was a team effort uh, offensively. What, what stood out to you?
1: Yeah, it was it was like a combination like a blend of Jim Harbaugh's 2016 teams where they 2017 teams where you're trying to be physical, they were using six offensive linemen. they were using their tight ends run and run blocking situations. They're really trying to establish a run they were throwing the ball to the tight end. Eric All at a couple of passes while mixed in with I think the hybrid speed and space Josh Gattis type mold. So I think you're starting to see Michigan form an identity on offense. Yes, it's one game. Uh, it's going to take them so, some time, and obviously they got to try and replicate this against Washington, the like. But um, it looked pretty good. I, I was really impressed with how quickly they they got down the field and scored. That was an issue we talked about before last year. Every game that they were not, you know, they they gave up the, you know, the points first. They fell behind in early in mm-hmm. games. That was an area they they realized, you know, they needed to improve on and correct. Uh, they did that, um, so I was impressed. I mean, they they really tried to run the ball and, and early and often. You know, they try to give a heads up give us a heads up that that was going to happen. In fact, you know, and did, I, I thought Hassan Haskins ran really well, Blake Corum looked good. Um, I'm really impressed. I'm really excited to see Blake Corum and the progress he made this year, because not even just the run game, they're, they're throwing the ball to him. They're using him at, you know, punt returns or excuse me, kickoff returns. They're using it every which way possible. Uh, and I think he's going to be a, uh, a big productivity guy this year. You're, I think he's going to put up a lot of yards, just all purpose uh he's i think he's in store for a big year you know he was a josh Gass was a big fan of him you know even going into last year i think that's why you saw him utilize so much as a true freshman uh that they, they really like what they have in him and i think he's another one of those guys where the, the sky is the sky is the limit yeah i mean when the ball's in his hands it just feels like it could be a big
0: play uh at, at any moment um yeah i mean i don't know i i know you know eric Hall three catches for 23 yards like uh, and yeah, he didn't drop a ball. Like it's exactly was- progress from what you know, what you've seen from in the past. Like it's it's a step in the right direction towards kind of realizing, you know, the potential that you know we've been hearing about. Um, you know, Dalen Baldwin, as as we mentioned, he was on the other end of that J.J. McCarthy path. Pass. Um, you know, the the transfer that you know we we had on this on the Wolverine Confidential podcast, or you know, uh, previously. So you know, you you come on this podcast, you're going to have a big game. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. Um, but. But in all seriousness, there's there is a big question now of potentially who who will step up uh, among those wide receivers. It's something kind of we'd already been talking about. You know who would fall in behind Ronnie Bell. Now it's just even a more critical question. Um, but you know whether it's you know Cornelius Johnson who you know had a somewhat quiet day, uh, you know, or or AJ Henning potentially. Um, you know there there's there's options there. Um, you know Baldwin. Um, you know, uh, I mean, who will? I mean, there's possibilities on this roster, but um, we'll have to see who it actually is.
1: There are, you know, we, and I, I, think the answer is kind of all of the above. I think they're gonna have to lean on several of these guys because we haven't really gotten any indication that any of these guys really like game-changing receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornelius is probably that that guy. Like you said, he had pretty relatively quiet Saturday. He didn't get the only had three targets, two catches, 15 yards. Just didn't do a ton. Uh, but I think he's certainly going to be a guy that's counted on now, assuming Ronnie's out for an extended period of time. Um, Dalen didn't really get into later in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll probably lean on him a little bit more. Mike Samer still was a guy I thought we would see more of. We didn't. Uh, A.J. Henning, he was in the game a little bit. So I think they're going to have to use all those guys in different roles and in different spots to try to maximize the value here. Because um, remember, a lot of them are very young or inexperienced, especially at this level. You know, Dalen's a graduate transfer, but, you know, he hasn't played. And was a, Saturday was his first game in a Michigan uniform at the Big Ten level. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to find some guys. They're going to probably spread the ball around a little bit, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be much of an issue because, as, as I said earlier, you know, it seems like they're training, um, you know, Cade McNamara to be that ball distributor, that point guard who gets the, gets finds the open guy and gets the ball to whoever, whoever you can. Uh, and I think that's where this Michigan offense stands the most effective. Uh, So they got weapons. There's several guys there. It's just, it's, it's, it's about, you know, getting in a groove and maybe finding some guys that, um, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see.
0: Yeah. There weren't, you know, a ton of opportunities for receivers at times uh, given that, you know, Michigan's throwing six offensive linemen and a tight end or two on the field at at the same time. Uh, That, that was one of the looks that, um, you know, Western Michigan was uh, somewhat surprised by, you know, just wasn't necessarily expecting offensively. But then defensively from Michigan, that's where that's where they really uh, were were making a lot of doing a lot of things for the first time, just because of the new staff. You had a new def- defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. You know, several other uh, new defensive coaches. And you know, Western Michigan coach Tim Lester is very candid and like we didn't really know what to expect. We watched Ravens film, we watched previous Michigan film, trying to figure out what they're going to look like. And you know, some of the things were surprises. Uh, you know, defense in, in, in this you know new look debut. Things went pretty well, yes.
1: Yeah, I think it was a best case scenario for them. I mean, they we thought maybe Western Michigan's offense would be a little bit more um maybe explosive than what Mm -hmm. we saw. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh raved about their quarterback coming in. He raved about some of the receivers. They had an experienced running back there, There Ladarius Jefferson, the Michigan State transfer. But by and large, you know, Michigan gave up that first drive in that first quarter, you know, partially because that dumb penalty from David Ajabo, but they they, I think, adjusted very well. Um, I just finished watching the most of the game, you know, from Saturday, just re- rewatching it. And mm-hmm. I was taking notes. I've got like five pages of notes on the defense, just on all of the adjustments and personnel changes and different looks they gave Western Michigan. It was never the same thing. I mean, you'd have like two defensive tackles in there uh, midway through the drive. They change in two different guys. Uh, Most of the time they're running with two down linemen with two outside linebackers standing up. They sometimes into three down linemen with one outside linebacker. They have uh, two edge rushers and they, they switch spots on different sides of the field at different times. Uh, It was a, it was a lot to handle if you're an opposing offense, especially one that, like you said, didn't have much tape to work with. Um, They obviously kind of knew the person a little bit, but when you don't know in what alignment they're being put in or where they're coming from or how they're being used, it really makes things dif- difficult. Um, they they blitzed a little bit less than what we saw last year, Don Brown. They, look, if you go back and watch the film, they still blitz quite a bit, especially in third-long situations. They weren't afraid to throw out at Western Michigan. But they were doing a lot more disguising, sending guys to the line of scrimmage and bringing them back um, and, and dropping them back into the coverage. They tend to, use, to me, it looked like they were u- using the linebackers a little bit uh, less in, in rushing or assuming run, run situations and dropping them back more. There's just a lot to take in. I'm going to write about it for mondaymorningfriendlife.com and encourage everyone to read it. But like, it, it was really fascinating to see. And this is just the first game. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike McDonald, I think there's probably a lot more to come from here. Um, but if you're Michigan, you got to like what you saw, uh, on Saturday, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it was, it was interesting to watch. Um, you know, let's talk about the secondary a little bit because that was that was an issue last season. Um, and you know, I thought they overall held up very well against a again, yeah, a quarterback that was had been incredibly efficient and, and dangerous last season. Um, you know, there were some. You know, I've got a note here, kind of late in the, in the in the first half. Uh, Jalen Hall for Western Michigan wide receiver number one. Uh, you know, he he dropped a long pass. Vincent Gray was defending him, and you know, he he had him beat um you know that they went back a gray a couple plays later he nearly picked it off though uh, they initially threw a flag for presumably pass interference and honestly i'm not entirely sure why they why they picked it up but they did um but but yeah i mean you could see i, I thought you could see some improvement there some of it it's hard to say cuz you know you're playing a a, a max school but um yeah there were you can talk about the scheme but like individual player you know improvement i think you could see some there on Saturday.
1: Yeah, especially Vincent Gray. I, I thought he would he had the kind of the comeback game that he needed. And he was, you know, the punching boy, I guess, of the fan base over the over the summer, going into last fall. He just really struggled last year. Uh, maybe more so than Jamon Green, who was the younger, less you know, less experienced corner. Um J- Jamon had his faults on Saturday, got beat on, on one throw down the sideline in the first half. Um, but Vince Gray, I thought played relatively well. He made some key tackles and made some key plays. He almost had interception there, I think, in the second half. Kind of dropped the ball. Um, yep. Maybe should have been thrown, or maybe should have been penalized for pass interference. But uh, and they played, I think, better. And I think part of that was the different looks they were giving them defensively, because it, it, we talked about it a lot. But last year, you know, Michigan's defense in you know years past, they are very predictable. The, the folks, the opposing teams knew it, kind of how what they were going to do and how they were going to play. And it was just a lot easier to pick on people. And when you don't know what's going on, you can't necessarily kind of hone in on one area of the game or pick on one, one guy. So I think it definitely alleviated some things for Jamon Green and, and Vincent Gray, it made life a lot easier for them. Um, now that's not to say they're not gonna have their issues this year and they're not gonna be picked on at some point against you know, more a better offense, but um for, for game one, they look good. But the 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 one secondary player, I, I went back, you know. Saturday during the game, I noticed it, but I went back and it really shined through and watching re-watching the game. But Dax Hill had a really incredible under-the-radar game. And if if you have a minute for all of our listeners, go back and watch the final drive right before the end of the third quarter. He made three success, like three plays in a row. Uh, first one he had a pass breakup. Uh, excuse me, no, first one he made a play at the line of scrimmage, second play, a pass breakup, and third play he made a tackle for loss. I mean, the guy was just all over the field. There was one point where he like he he came up in the line of scrimmage, kind of threatened a blitz, dropped back to pat, in, in pass coverage, and then ended up um, you know greeting the uh, the receiver at the line of scrimmage for a tackle. I mean, he was just everywhere making plays, and I think that's where Michigan wants to really utilize him this year. Yes, he's he's been a safety, um, but it sounds like they really believe he can be a cornerback at the NFL level eventually. So I think that's why you're starting to see that transition to that hybrid corner safety position where he's kind of free and able to do what he wants. He kind of defends the inside slot receiver. And it kind of opens up opportunities for him to go other places and make plays. Because, look, I think he's their by far their best defensive back, probably the fastest player on the team. Um, when he first came into Michigan, he wanted to play receiver. So the guy clearly has good ball skills. And I think they're finding ways to get him involved and, and get him to the ball as much as they can.
0: I mean, he is a great football player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We, we've talked about it. They, they have him. They have Aiden Hutchinson. They need you know another few guys like that to really start competing with the best of the best in college football but um yeah they it it it's yeah it's interesting to hear you you know bring up some of those plays a, a couple of them are like coming to mind um certainly that the tackle at the at the line of scrimmage and there particular. were more he had like
1: t- like two i think legit tackles for loss a couple you know tackles at the line of scrimmage the guy was like and i sat in the press box i think i was talking to zook he was sitting, he was sitting directly he sat directly to the right of me but i'm like i remember turning to him and saying Jesus, Jack Hill's having a game. You know, he's not gonna mm. get talked about afterwards because he's a defenseman, and like, you know, stats aren't as big of a deal. But the guy was all in. Jim Harbaugh, you know, he praised him after the game too. So, uh, if he can keep stacking those games, uh, he's going to get some some NFL looks and, and pretty pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you know the the caveat is it was it was Western Michigan. Now, um, again, they might uh, their offense in particular was was good last year and they brought a lot back so we'll see how they you know look going forward um but I think it's kind of it's twofold like especially with a new defense from Michigan it's not new anymore they now have they're now on tape you see some some basic tenets of what this defense is going to look like um that other teams can study (laughs) but I guess a counter to that is what you were saying about so many different looks and probably more in, in the bag like that this isn't necessarily all you're, you're going to get from Michigan. So there's just kind of a lot to kind of, um, you know, pick apart here. But, uh, you know, in the end, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a positive performance in week one. You just don't know how, you know, where, where they'll go from here necessarily.
1: Right. And, and that was kind of the message from Jim Harbaugh after the game to the players in the locker room. He specifically, at least that's what he told us, he told the defense, you know, don't rest on your laurels. You know, don't, don't settle for what you just did today, build on it and get better next week. Um, And I have to think, you know, the schematically X is O standpoint, Mike McDonald's got like, he said, more in the bag for, for, you know, better teams, uh, especially like, like a Washington on Saturday. Um, But, you know, in, you know, Ian Hutchinson was asked the same thing and he said, you know, Saturday's win didn't mean a damn thing. We got to move on and get ready for the next opponent. So the, you know, they, they have the right attitude, the right mindset, uh, they're not they don't seem satisfied with with Saturday's result, which I think is a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, talk is cheap, and we'll see come Saturday the results on the field. But from a um, you know, I wrote this to you know earlier today on live but they have their confidence back after mm-hmm. the way last season ended and the struggles defensively and the inefficiencies on offense and the quarterback issues, they answered a lot of questions Saturday. Um, and I think they, and it goes back to our point earlier, this is probably a best case scenario for a week one game uh, from what happened on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. Now, you know, this is true of kind of, kind of every, every sport, but I, I feel like, especially football, like things are just easier when you can win most of like your one-on-one matchups. And that, that was just the case with Michigan across the two different lines and, you know, at different, even some of the different skill spots that just makes everything look a little easier when you start playing some teams that have the you know size, strength, and speed that you have. Um, yeah. You just need to execute a little crisper and, and we'll see, but um, you know, on that point, you know, Washington is next, we viewed it as a toss up game before the season. So did the odds makers. We then, uh, I can't say we all picked it for a loss. I mean, I, I know, I know I did. I, in the end, when I'm going through seven and five record, I, I, I you know, you got to pick one way or the other. And I, I picked a loss. I, I think you two might've also, but, um, you gotta, you gotta adjust after what you see on the field. And even if you want to forget what, how Michigan looked, Washington goes and, and lays an egg at home to an FCS program, Montana, they lose, uh, 13 to seven. Um, you know, part of that was, you know, the, the turnover battle, which they lost three, nothing. It's not like, uh, you know, Montana dominated the game from, you know, uh, other stats per- perspective. Um, Washington did outgain them, but uh, really struggled offensively. Um, and and yeah, now suddenly that game looks looks a lot more winnable than it did, you know, uh, 24 hours ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is a game and based on what we saw week one from both teams. Michigan probably could win, should win. Um, but when I say that, I, I have to you know, you have to be cautious because remember, remember this this time last year, after Michigan's week one win at Minnesota, and we're all thinking, and I think in fact, most of us picked them to lose that game. and and, and we come out of that thinking, okay, Michigan is, maybe they're the real deal. You know, they just beat a Minnesota uh, we thought it was a good Minnesota team on the road. And then and everything went south from there. Minnesota clearly wasn't as good as we thought. So I, I'm trying to be cautious here because, yes, it, it was one week. Michigan looked good. Washington did not look good. Um, but that we have to remember that isn't necessarily you know the what, what's, what's going to happen this year. So uh, we'll see. I, I do think this is certainly going to be a big game for, for Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, I think, come out Saturday and kind of duplicate what they're able to do against Western Michigan, or at least from a pace and, like, a productivity standpoint offensively, uh, I think Michigan will be in a good good place. Uh, but it's certainly – it's going to be a little bit more difficult. You know, Washington uh, is a much better program than Western Michigan. They came into this week one ranked. So fo- there are folks nationally who think they're a pretty good program and should be able to compete in the Pac-12 this year. Um, but, you know, cross-country trip is no joke, whether it's right. them coming here or a East Coast team going to the West. It's, it's a difficult thing to do and win. Uh, so the, the, I think that the, the chips will be stacked against Washington's from that standpoint, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think they're going to be motivated. They're going to, you know, they're going to rebound from last week. They're going to clean some things up. I don't think they're gonna have three to- turnovers after week one, um, but we'll see. I mean, Michigan, it, it, if Michigan can win a, a game against Washington in prime time on national television, I think you start to see the narrative change on Jim Harbaugh a little bit and folks start to say, start to think maybe this Michigan team is could be something. I mean, the, the schedule looks good for them early on, you know, at week three against Northern Illinois, a bottom of the barrel Mac team compared to Western, who was a top of the, the Mac team. And then you the open against Rutgers, who probably is all, by all accounts better, but it is it is a home game right. and a game Michigan should win. So, um, you know, as Kirk Herbstreit said last week, I think the, the table, the schedule is kind of table set for Michigan to have, have a fast start, Um, but they, they've got to come out and, and play like they did Saturday against Washington Saturday night.
0: Yeah. And, and I did see from your story that, you know, the point spread jump from, you know, kind of preseason one point, something like that, to now up to like five. Uh, so clearly, yeah, the reaction to what we saw in week one. I don't know. I always think it's you, you got to adjust, you know, you adjust your expectations, you know, your thoughts. On it, just, but but a little bit, it has to be you, you can't just wipe out off of one game, you know, everything that we we. We knew going into the season. Forget kind of what you thought, what you knew, and what based on last year and returns and stuff like that. You you adjust it a little more e- each week with what you learn, but there still has to be an emphasis on kind of preseason expectations uh, right now. So I, I don't think you know you start looking your trip for a big 10 championship game, just, you know, what you saw from, from Michigan on Saturday or, or, you know, or what from you like, saw from Indiana. Or yeah, or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can start, but I'm just saying it's easy. Yeah. It could oh, yeah. be easy to start to look at, Ooh, Ohio state struggled for three quarters and, and neither Wisconsin nor Penn state looked great. Uh, and, you know, all right, now you start all of a sudden it's nine, 10, 11 wins, you know uh, I think, you know, let's, let's wait and see, but, but again, everything, you know, went with went, went Michigan's way on Saturday except for the one injury to, to Ronnie Bell um but yeah we'll have we'll have plenty more coverage of this game and spinning it forward to what it means for for Washington next Saturday uh, on MLive.com slash Wolverines and on this podcast so thanks for listening.